All right, we're going to struggle through this one together. This is the post-surgery version of the Todd Herman Show, still with the nose packing up there. <laughs> we'll see how we get through this. Here's the tease. There's a CNN superstar. Got himself all confused and up in a willy of a mess because uh, he's watching all his friends who got the double, triple ejection of the mRNA get sick. So you got a CNN star who has met reality face to face. He finds it very upsetting, but I have questions for him. Then the Fouch has news for his subjects who want to continue to fly on airplanes. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And this is the voice of someone with a bunch of stuff packed up inside his beak. <laughs> so I had uh, sinus surgery on Friday, and so far I have only good reports for the uh, the folks who did the, the work. Sorry to gross you guys out. I just want you to know what's going on. If I sound extra weird, it is because there's a bunch of stuff way up inside my sinuses that I get pulled on on Tuesday. I was told by someone who went through this guy who's been shot twice. Yeah, that's a, that's the worst part. So I got to tell you up front, I, I'm not going to be able to do a second hour today uh, because I'm really honestly not even supposed to be doing this. I'm really not. But don't tell the doctor that I'm doing this. I think this counts as uh, pressure on the sinus cavity, so I've been told to relax. So I might not even be as animated as I normally am. Uh, I want to thank you all for the prayers and emails and such. Uh, it's, uh, uh, well, it's humbling and it's a pleasure to get those. And uh, we're, we're in good stead with God. So we'll get back to two hours every day, which is, by the way, more than live radio. When you take out all the commercials, it's actually more time um, in, in the programming content of the uh, of the show. Uh, than it is during live radio because of all the commercial breaks and traffic breaks, et cetera. So we'll get back to that as the medical situation allows. Now, um, the the news prep over the weekend, <laughs> I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, I was so soupy that even news prepping um, on, on Saturday morning was out. I am not good with anesthesia. I, I don't take well to that stuff. I was the biggest cupcake uh, after I got out of the uh, out, of, out of the emergency not the emergency room, but out of the operating room. I was the biggest cupcake. I was saying things like, "I I can't possibly see how I'm going to go home today." <laughs> oh, the sweet nurse was saying, "You know, I know it feels that way, and it's you're going to be okay, and this stuff is hard to get over." But it took me till Saturday. The, the operation got over. I think I got out of there at like. Uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. So I think it was like a three hour procedure or something. And, and in the morning, Saturday morning, that stuff was still in my head. So I started to read things. I thought this can't be right. I'm not actually reading these things. And I went back and looked at my notes. They're real. That's how screwed up the world has become. But God has allowed it to become this way. And I was like in these fever dreams of still being half asleep through the drugs. And ah, come on, I'll, I'll straighten this out later. But I think what really is going on is the Lord is just, he's driven people into blindness. This is not a new thing for God. In Job 9.24, when a land falls into the hands of the wicked, he blindfolds its judges. If it's not he, then who is it? Acts, Apostle Paul, 22.11, now the hand of the Lord is against you. You're going to be blind for some time, not even able to see the light of the sun. And immediately mist and darkness came over him. He groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. That was the experience of the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. He became then perhaps the greatest of all the traveling apostles. In fact, he was, in terms of travel, the greatest. He went through a period of blindness. The countries have gone through periods of blindness. And I believe that half of this country is driven into right now blindness. I don't think they can see the evil that's going on. And I think that I think the Lord is saying, yeah, it's your guys's job to take this time of choosing and help people choose. And it's extremely frightening and frustrating that people can't see this stuff. And I look back at the biblical history of this and say, hey, it's our turn. What a gift of this time we live in the very best possible time to be alive that we've got these examples to show people. 
And it goes from a local basis or, or a, not local because I'm not in Seattle anymore, but it goes from, you know, just one city's example all the way up to a global basis and then back down on this blindness. But it's our opportunity to help people see. So let me start with this. This is Mayor Snow Shovel from my former home of Seattle. Uh, she went on an extremely liberal show on car radio where I used to work. Um, I say building I used to work. Dave Ross and, and uh, Colleen O'Brien. And my friend Hannah Scott, I don't know Hannah's politics. I think Hannah's one of the great reporters still working in Seattle, one of the very few. But the show, the two hosts are extremely liberal people, just absolutely to the left on everything. So it's a safe home for Mayor Snow Shovel to go and try to rescue her reputation as she leaves office. Mayor, what do you think your biggest accomplishments have been? I am wholly supportive of amending the city charter to require an exit interview. (laughs) So I think it's two things. One is really the overarching um, challenge of my administration. And then it's how did we move forward as a city to really address equity and some of the challenges I had coming in. So on the first, obviously my term as mayor has been defined by COVID. And I think our whole city, region, and country in the last two years has been defied by this global pandemic. And when that hit us early in 2020, we as a city were the first in the area, the first into the pandemic. We had no guidebook. Uh, We had very little support from the federal government, sometimes working against us. And we had to find our own way forward. And I think that two things really stand out. First is what we were able to do during the pandemic to address the huge challenges we faced. And the second was how we did it. The how we did it was we came together as a city, as a a region, public health officials, hospital systems, business, um, and community members. So let's take the lies in reverse order. And this is, you watch everything get shoved under the corner of COVID, and including the domination of people on a worldwide basis, the putting a, 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 a knee on the neck of society. And man, I got big trouble once for saying that Jay Inslee put his knee on, on the neck of Washington State and, and Washington State couldn't live. And I stand by that statement. And by the way, incidentally, I said at the time, I understood why, why it was trouble at work. And I stand by their decision. It was. It's their publication. I. I have no problem with them pulling that piece. None at all. It's their publication. They get to do that. I stand by my opinion that Jay Inslee and he's the so-called governor of Washington State, Billy De Blasio. All these people have killed more people than any cop, you know, any police force in the country's ever thought of killing, uh, or even accidentally killing, or being involved in the death with of these these people. So you start with the reverse order of her lies. Number one, the federal government didn't work against her at any single period of time ever. That never happened. Trump Trump provided money to turn a soccer stadium into a hospital that was never used ever. He never fought against her. No one came together. The so-called public health officials said abortionists keep to keep, get to keep going. People who sell drugs get to keep going. Homeless camps don't have to be quarantined. Um, as I said, the pot stores, liquor stores, they get to keep going. The big stores get to keep going. It's only small businesses that get shut down, small businesses and churches. There was no coming together. They immediately put their knee on the neck of producers. They immediately put their knee on the neck of small businesses. They immediately put their knee on the neck of school children. There was no coming together. But going back, you know, back through her lies, her, her term as mayor was not defined by COVID. Her term as mayor was defined by the fact that when she got elected because she's gay, that's the full reason she was elected, full stop. She never mayored anything. Her mentor was a gay man who's in all likelihood a child molester, including molesting a child that he had basically, to whom he'd basically been a foster parent. That's what you get in the city that, that where people are blinded. In Seattle, people are blinded. And there are very few who see, and it is our opportunity to say, do you see where the blind are leading you? Mayor Jenny's term is defined by her calling Antifa stand the summer of love. Two teens were murdered. One of them still a child at Antifa stand. There were rapes. There were vandalism. There was assault on property. There were people in unmarked trucks driving around with, uh, you know, with, with, uh, semi-automatic rifles, rifles, riding around in the back of, uh, of these trucks, blocking cops from doing their job. She called that the summer of love. 
Her term as mayor is defined by a 2,000% increase in sex traffic, and not just in, in her city, but around the state of Washington. Her term as mayor is defined by a massive increase in property crime and murders and record level murders and gunshot, you know, gunshot victims. Everybody knows that's how she's defined, but she wants to shove everything under the rug of COVID. And sadly, there are people who are going to get this or are going to believe her in this, in this attempt to redefine what she did. This is what it's like to see the blind. They've been blinded by ideology. They've been blinded by scientism. They've been blinded by a hatred of a man they don't know. Orange man bad. That's the party. That's the party owned city of Seattle, which is lost. It is utterly lost. It's been murdered. So that's a, I was going to say small town mayor. Seattle's not a small town, but she's a, she's a small person in my judgment who cared only about the title of mayor. So let's go one level up to Chris Saliza. He's a CNN contributor. He's actually, I guess, a CNN employee. And Alex Barrison points this out on Twitter that, that he took to Twitter or Alex pointed out on Substack. Chris Saliza took to Twitter. And he wrote, but deep down, I think I believe that being vaccinated and boosted would keep me from getting COVID-19 at all. Why? Not sure, honestly. But I spent the better part of a year waiting for a vaccine and doing everything I could to keep my family from getting the virus. It's hard to just turn that switch off. I think that's why yesterday, when it felt like every person I knew was either being diagnosed with COVID or had been exposed to it, hit me so hard. But the reality is, and always has been, if I didn't realize it, that the vaccines don't really prevent you from getting the virus, or at least they don't guarantee it won't happen. My friend described the view of many people he knew as chill about the reality that lots and lots of us, maybe all, are going to get COVID at some point in the not-too-distant future. I'm um, not in the chill stage, but I'm at least realizing how badly I miscalculated what the vaccine means and what it was supposed to do. He just wrote this. He works at CNN, which we are to believe is a news network. Now, friends, listening to this program, when did you first hear from me that these things were not going to stop infection or transmission? Before they started pushing them. How did I possibly know that? Because I read the Moderna and Pfizer filings where they said this doesn't stop transmission or infection where you took a simple look at their design that they are created to, to you know, force the body to produce a toxic element, only one small portion of this stuff and the, the spike proteins. And this guy is now just figuring this out. But we're the ones providing disinformation. We're the ones who get tagged from Twitter. We're the ones who are called conspiracy theorists, when in fact we have more information on this than a guy who works at the center of news, we're to believe. Let's go one further. Now, see, that's the blind. That man is to cast, as a journalist, his job is to cast light on situations. He is functionally blind to what is going on because he is a worshiper of something else. He has no truth beyond the truth that is presented to him on a silver platter from the party members. He has no trust in anything beyond that, it seems to be. And where is his outrage in this? If he was, he should be asking himself, how was I caused to believe this? Then I replied to him on Twitter. It's not going to matter. He's not going to reply. But I asked them, how is it that I knew this and you didn't? How is it that so many of my listeners knew this and you didn't? And when, like most elites, because he's blind to this obvious fact, even if this is all around him, here's two headlines. This is from Bloomberg. Two double-injected people in a quarantine hotel got the Omicron variant, even though they never left quarantine chambers and wore their masks. Yes, and the prison island of Australia got the variant. Where they don't, they, 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 they go take people from their houses and shove them in quarantine. They're still shutting down travel. And this guy, Chris Saliza, is still saying, oh, I can't believe I, uh, people are getting this. Mayor Jenny is blaming her entire failed mayoral career on the COVID. Then you turn to this. Fauci. I, I don't know if I could do this with this stuff up my nose. Well, 
I don't think we're ever going to reach a time where where people can fly on airplanes without wearing woke masks. I I, I think it's just you know just, let's just go that extra step, which does nothing. He cannot let this go because it's been so effective. The masking of people has been one of the most effective aspects of this psyop. I said it at the time. The reason I've never worn the woke mask save the one time I had a loved one in the emergency room. And I, I, I wanted to be with my loved one. And then once I got in, I saw no one else was wearing them. I took it off. They've been the most effective measure in the psyop. It's just why I said I will not wear fear on my face. I will not wear an advertisement for hyperbolic fear on my face. And that's what these things have been. They have blinded people to this reality. But God, I believe, is allowing the blindness. I believe it is a time of choosing, but also a time where people are being chosen. I've described this before as the, um, the exiled elect. Those of us who follow the Lord, we're the exiled elect. But our job is not to remain not, 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 not to have our, our love of fellow man exiled. Our job is to help these people see. And whatever it takes to help them see is what we need to do. So it starts with, as I said before, being bored about COVID. By the way, did you see Tucker? Tucker Carlson did a whole piece. He did a whole thing about being bored on that. Maybe, maybe I, I don't want to say Tucker listens to the podcast, but it was sort of interesting that he took the same point of view. So it starts with just expressing boredom of, oh, come on, guys. Are we still talking about this? This thing is so over. It's a cold. This is a cold now. And it goes back to the tiniest little question that you could feed people. Wait, why did they tell us, like in the case of Celiza, why do you think you knew that? You thought you knew that the vaccines would stop you from getting it. Why do you think you knew that? Now that that's not true, how did that get into your head? This is some of the questions for our loved ones. Why were you caused to believe this? We have a, a relative, not a relative, but we have a, 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 a relative of a very close friends of ours who is who works for one of the organizations that pushes the COVID hoax and build back better and the great reset and you'll own nothing and be happy. And she is a very, very beloved human being. Her, her, her relatives love her so very dearly. And I fully believe that God will bring her back. But she got the COVID after having been injected. It's my understanding that, that she had to get in an ambulance after she got injected and she won't listen to her loved ones saying, will you please read this paperwork? Will you please read this research? But the fact that her loved ones said, hey, you can still get this virus. Hey, you can still get sick. Hey, you might be more likely to get sick having gotten these injections. I promise somewhere in that young woman's mind, somewhere back there, there is a, 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 a note my loved ones tried to warn me. This is our hope at this period of time. We have faith because of our faith. We understand that God designed our bodies to fight things like this off. We understand that God gave us doctors, but not when doctors are being blinded or forced to shut up or forced to pretend. We need to be speaking to the medical community. Every doctor we meet, I, and again, I just had sinus surgery. Everyone I interacted with, I made a point of talking about the ejections. I didn't parade it around, but for instance, in the in the very unlikely scenario that I would have needed a blood transfusion, I talked with my doctor. I said, I do not want that mRNA injected blood or ANA or DNA. I don't want any of the COVID shot stuff in my body ever. And, and she was very understanding about this. And incidentally, if you're ever, I, I suggest that if you are a pure blood, that you get your blood to a blood bank now and start start banking it because they actually don't differentiate between mRNA injected blood and pure blood. But every time I had an opportunity to interact with someone about that, I tried to plant seeds of doubt, particularly in the medical community. See, this is so much bigger than the COVID. And we all know this. But I think what God is actually blinding people to has chosen to actually allow people to be blind to is what this is really all about. It's really about the creation of a false religion. And this is where I think that we are watching a trial run and I think God's allowing it. 
Maybe it's an opportunity to let the uh, those of us in the church age practice our skills. Maybe it's an opportunity for us to see what's coming. Maybe it's an opportunity to pull a head fake of the devil and say, not this time. But there are things like this. And this is where I, during show prep, began to say, wait, did I really just read what I, what I read? Did, did, did I really just see this statement from, let's say, this uh, Billy de Blasio? Did I really just, did, did Billy de Blasio really just say this thing? And I saw it when I was prepping for the show prior to, you know, now being sort of fully recovered, although I can tell I'm not really myself right now. Sorry about that. Where I heard de Blasio in my show prep make this statement, I thought, you, you, you will say this out loud and not be embarrassed? Now, remember, this is a guy who poses as a, a, a man of the people. This guy, de Blasio, listen to this. People want to lead their lives. I mean, the hard thing, again. you know, I feel it here in New York City. Yeah. By the way, I'm from Philadelphia, so it's not like I, 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 I live in a rural area. Um, but I feel it in every block that I walk in New York City. But if I were in the middle part of the country with you, I don't think we'd see masks. I don't think we'd be showing our Vax cards anywhere. So I come back to that point where unless everybody's on the same page in the country, we're kind of screwed. And you know how you get on the same page? People have to lead. So, look, I believe with enough leadership, enough mandates, we're going to get a hell of a lot more people vaccinated. The more people vaccinated, the more we actually make the transition to a time when COVID is in the background, not the foreground. And we know these mandates work and we know people respond. Look, human beings are pretty predictable. If you say your paycheck depends on it or your ability to enjoy life and go do the things you want to do, People will make the practical decision overwhelmingly and they'll go get vaccinated. But we aren't pushing hard. That is, a so, that is the so-called mayor of New York saying, if you threaten to starve people, they'll do what you want them to do. That is one step, maybe two steps down from Stalin to the Ukraine. Why waste bullets? Just starve them. Just go steal their grade. Put it in big piles and tell the world that communism works so well. We've got too much grain. We need the rest of the world to come and get it. We just, we can't store it all. Our farmers have overproduced in the great, great, um, the great privileged palace that is communism. This is, this is what, two steps down from that? You don't get to produce an income to feed your family unless you get injected. Now, he's a communist. He's also a guy who's been caught multiple times walking around without his woke masks. He and his wife decided to go walking through a, a public area, a park without woke masks during the height of this bizarre hypnotism of people, this mass traumatizing of people. He was on video. He has a park around Gracie Mansion where he could walk all he wanted to, but he and his wife decided to walk through public with no woke masks. And New Yorkers were outraged, and they should have been. But he has no problem speaking in public saying, yeah, we're going to starve you out. That this has happened before. This is biblical. That man making a decision to, to, to starve God's people. And our opportunity is to go back through and show people that, look, God has warned us about this time. One of our great opportunities is to turn to the, the prophecies from the Bible and the times of the Bible to show people this always happens. Anytime you let people be kings, they always do this. It's also a great opportunity for go back to go back and say, is that being a man of the people? It's also a great opportunity to compare these stories. In his own city, you have hospitals filled up with people now getting the Omicron variants. In, in, in the case in England, it's four, four out of five people who are being hospitalized with this stuff are injected. In his own city, with all of these dictates, all of these of dictates, all of the lockdown measures, you haven't stopped anything. He can't. None of this can be about the virus. This is the blindness. This is the scary part. This is the great part. Because it allows us to say, when does it stop? This is a key question for people these days. Hey, I just have a question. When does it stop? When do we stop all this? When it's a cold? This is an opportunity for us to show people who are blinded. Do you see that the same time 
We are being told you have to wear woke masks on airplanes for the rest of your life. You have to get injected once every quarter for the rest of your life. You can turn back to speeches like this. This is Prince Charles really stating what this is all about. This is a difficult clip to hear because it relates so very clearly and shows so very, very clearly what this is all about. Listen for some key phrases in here. Prince Chuck is going to talk about empowering private businesses to use trillions of dollars to enforce what the power brokers want, what the party wants. There is a word for private industry hand-in-hand with government running things. A non-democratic approach. The votes don't matter. The power does. Who has the biggest club and who is willing to hit you over the head with it? There is a word for this. So, ladies and gentlemen, my plea today is for countries to come together to create the environment that enables every sector of industry to take the action required. We know this will take trillions, not billions of dollars. We also know that countries, many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green. Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. With trillions at its disposal, far beyond global GDP, and with the greatest respect, beyond even the governments of the world's leaders, it offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition. He just said, empower business to do this. Trillions of dollars, a military-style campaign, and empower business to make it happen. Business in place of countries. Businesses not beholding to voters in place of countries. Businesses aligned with him. Central to this is the blindness. There's no mathematical scenario where we face a climate catastrophe. There's no mathematical scenario where the climate of the earth has not continually cyclically gone up and down in temperature. There's no mathematical model on earth that explains the great increase in temperatures during the Renaissance when there was no internal combustion engine. There's no way to explain that in regards to the industrial age because it was pre-industrial. There's no way to make those mathematical models work. But again, in blindness, people cannot see. That man flies around the world unmasked on airplanes. That man was speaking unmasked. Now, prior to the COVID you know, announcement and the COVID push, people did that. He's still doing it. They're still flying around. The blindness that God has allowed magnifies what we see. Those of us who are seeing what's going on, we are being given a gift. Number one, start with our own families. Make sure that our families are on board with what we're seeing. Make sure that our families remember that there's one and one, one God and only one God that deserves our worship and our praise. Who deserves it? Remind our families that God is working at this moment all around us. It's our job to find a way to align with him and what he is, what he wants done and make our lives fit into that. Then our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our churches, our schools, casting doubt as simply and easily as we can. When does it stop? Why are they pretending? Why are they pretending still that the injections work? When people are getting this with the injections, why are they still pushing it? Just simple, easy questions. And why are they pretending that God didn't design immune systems? See, this is far, far, far bigger than even global warming. It goes to this desire that lives within the elites. And the desire that lives within the elites is is literally, and I think it's instinctual in some cases, is to replace God in the word of God, which is so very inconvenient for them, to replace it with something else. The word of God to be replaced with the popular. 
The word of God to be replaced with the, with the, the palatable to them. Al Roker, way back in 2018, speaking of the climate change you know, scam, he took to talking about a Washington, D.C. church that instead of teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, was teaching the gospel of something else. Thanks for coming back. Well, now it's time for the latest in our faithful series. That's right. This morning, we're taking you to one church where scripture isn't the only thing they're preaching about. We met two women of faith who are hoping to get people thinking about climate change. In this Washington, D.C. sanctuary, evangelical pastor Chris Mormon and wife Jessica are keeping the faith. Welcome to Grace Capital City. We are so glad that you're here tonight. Teaching their church about the science behind global warming. So when people say, well, is there a conflict between your faith and your science? I would say no, because faith is the evidence of what we don't see. And science is exactly the opposite. It's the evidence of what we do see. Amen to that. We are stewards. We are stewards of this earth. Mm -hmm. And to not take care of it and to not take action is a sin. That's a man who works at a network that promotes homosexuality, that promotes kids pretending that they are boys when they are actually girls, that promotes orgy lifestyles. He works at a network that has participated in the Russia scam. He works at a network that has participated in pretending we don't have immune systems. He works in a network that will not show the global uprisings against the injection paper diktats. He works in a network that promotes every form of lie in related to the COVID hoax. He works in a network that lies on a consistent basis to people. He works in a business, as we've been talking about for the past few weeks, apparently imbued with people who like to fantasize about and, in fact, it, it, it undertake sexual acts against little kids. He works in that field. Now, I'm not saying Al Roker is any of those things. In fact, I've met Al Roker, and I found him to be a very, very pleasant man. Now, albeit I met him at a company party, and it was Microsoft and NBC getting together. But but sincerely, I, I sincerely can tell you, I, I enjoyed my talk with Al Roker. I found him to be a very friendly, very approachable, seemingly really down-to-earth guy. So I just want to be fair on that front. But when I met Al Roker, it was some uh, 12 years before that where he made that statement. It is the entire approach here, all of it, is about doing one thing that God told us not to do. In the Bible, there's some 365 mentions of do not be afraid. Let not thy heart be troubled. One of the greatest tricks in all of this is even we get scared. We have no reason to be. Not if we are true believers in God Almighty. In fact, we have reason to relax because we're being shown exactly what we need to do. Hold tight to the faith. Continue to make disciples. Continue to remember that God already knows who wins. He's already laid out the plan. The thing I think that we could fear is not not enough loved ones come with us. That's up to us. God, of course, is going to draw people to him. Only God could do that. And when God draws someone to him, he wants disciple makers to come with. That's us. That's our great commission in this period of time. So to me, the greatest opportunities is to point back through the God men we've talked about here. Small G God men. Prince Charles wants McDonald's and Facebook to run the world. We can say to our friends and family, Do you want McDonald's and Facebook to run the world or Google? Or would you prefer that it be us? Al Roker believes that teaching environmentalism versus the word of God is the primary goal of a church or primary job of a church. Do we believe that? Little Godmen, little G Godmen like Billy de Blasio believe it's okay to starve people to force them to take an injection that will not stop the virus. Are you okay with that? Are these the gods you want? Fauci, never again can you fly in an airplane without your face covered with something. Is that the god man you want? Chris Saliza, CNN employee, 
great superstar of CNN, only now waking up to the fact that these injections do not, in fact, stop the virus in anybody long term. Is this the God man you want? Or would you prefer a God whose old book, the Bible, has 700 some or more, I think it's maybe 1,400 predictions. And I think that's just from the book of Isaiah alone that came true. Seven, 800 years before the events, Isaiah predicted these things. Do you want a perfectly predictable God who is not wrong, I just laid things out in advance again, seven, eight hundred years in advance through the prophets. Or do you want a guy, Fauci, who is always right because he can never be wrong? Well, masks don't provide protection. Well, masks are important that we can never give them up. Who's the God you want? And if it's no God, well, that in and of itself is a God. Because when you are dealing with no God, what are you dealing with? You're dealing with the rules made by imperfect people, not through a process of democracy, not through a process of discussion, but through a process of power. And that's where this is all leading. That's why this is the greatest time to be alive. That's why it's our opportunity to go and say again, do you think that you may have been blinded? Ask your friends this question. What are they saying in Ontario, Canada, that they want to do to people who have not been injected? Vaccinated person with no symptoms of COVID-19, should I feel safe or feel it's worth the risk to see a grandparent who's had three vaccine shots um, over the holidays? I personally would advise you to avoid social contact with anyone older, uh, even with two doses. Uh, if you are going to interact, I do it outdoors with masking and distancing in place. That is a so-called public health official from Ontario explaining that on Christmas, you're to take your elderly relatives into your 18 degree or five degree backyard, sit 12 feet apart, wear your woke masks, even though all of you have been injected two, three, maybe four times. Is that the God man you want? Or would you prefer a God who has said, I'm going to bring a world, bring the world, a Messiah. He's going to have the following characteristics. And he did. Do you want something on which you could rely or something that you look at and you can only rely on if, in fact, you twist your thinking? Now, granted, that's just Orlando. Pardon me, Ontario, Canada. But let's go down from Canada down to New York. The state of New York, now this is just a bill at this point, State Assembly Bill A416, relates to the removal of cases, contacts, and characters, characters, carriers of communicable diseases who are potentially dangerous to the public health. This bill calls for capturing people who have not been injected, effectively capturing them and tossing them into quarantine. I'll remind you. That in the separate country of Washington, the dictator of that former state has used taxpayer money to create at least one, maybe three quarantine facilities. I will remind you that in the in the prison country, prison island of Australia, they're showing up at people's homes who have not been injected and taking them away to two, three weeks at a time. By force. If you don't go in the COVID cab, what it's called. They come to get you, they'll, 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 or if you don't go with the government, they'll call a COVID cab and you'll pay five grand. Next time you go, we might charge you five grand per day to be there. All of it bent towards making you get injected with something that cannot possibly stop this virus. Therefore, this isn't possibly about public health. Therefore, I do think this is a massive trial run for the mark of the beast. I do think that. Gladly, it's not going to work. Because too many of us can still see. Gladly, it's not the mark of the beast because we don't have a beast out there saying, hey, I can bring you back to life. We don't have those signs yet. But we who are living through this, we who are saying no, we who are counting on God's immune systems, we who are counting on herd immunity, we who are watching the scientific results, which is simply an observation of God's world done in a proper way, observe it create a thesis, attempt to falsify the thesis. The thesis that masks work is gone. It's gone. It's junk. The thesis that these injections stop this virus is junk and it always has been. What is not junk is God's immune system. 
continues to be superior in every regard to this. People who get the COVID and overcome it are far better off. And yet they continue to push on this front. So we get to ask our friends and family, since people who've been injected can get it. Why are they only shoving people who have not been injected into these quarantine camps if, God forbid, this bill, Assembly Bill A416 in the state of New York, pass? They're already doing it to kids. They've already begun the process of seizing kids' bodies. I've been talking about this now for almost, uh, what, seven years. State of Washington, the separate country of Oregon, separate country of California, I've told you your kids could go get wrong sex hormones at the age of 13 in Oregon. They could get wrong sex surgeries at the age of 15. You can't stop them. You'll be forced to pay. They've already seized your kids' bodies. They're already putting abortion clinics in schools. You're already forced to pay for the abortions. They could already give your kids radically, radically addictive anti-anxiety, anti-depression drugs that are so addictive, it's harder to get off than heroin. They could already do this without your consent, but they could force you to pay. Now there's this. This is from a friend of mine uh, back in the separate country of Seattle. A school in Tacoma mass tested the entire school without parental consent and only got a 13 minute heads up via email. My friend Jamie, her friend, was the only parent who got there in time to intervene for her daughter. They decided without giving anybody any more than a 13 minute warning to take every child in that school and shove Q-tips up their nose for a virus from which they are not at risk. But the presence of cases, cases, cases creates fear, 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 something that the Bible warned us 365 some times to not fall into. Like most of the elites, the reason that they like this so much is because they have become gods in their minds. The power to decide who eats and who doesn't, who works and who doesn't, who could be a cop and who can't, who could show their face in public and who cannot, who could walk free and who must live with a constant threat of being pulled aside and shoved into quarantine. It's a dream position. And this is the final question. In the spiritual world, the world of God, which side of the spiritual equation wants power like that on this earth? Only one. This is an evil thing we're watching. In the trial run we're going through, how are you doing? Let's be grounded in our faith. Let's be grounded in what we know. Let us not be afraid because that's the biggest trick the devil could pull. And let us ask our friends, how do you like the God men? Small G God men. Is this what you will live under? I just remind you, I'm doing a, uh, this, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, if you made it this far through the podcast, you know this, but I'm just an old live radio guy. Doing an abbreviated show today because I am, let's see, I, I get this, I think I get the stuffing out of my head on Tuesday afternoon. So I'm speaking to you uh, post-surgery, sinus surgery with a whole bunch of stuff uh, way just shoved way up inside my sinus cavities. I won't even describe some of the details, but I'll just tell you I'm so thankful for the prayers I've gotten from you guys. Thank you for that. Speaking of that, you can go to thetoddherbertshow.com and leave a message for us there. And I'm, I, am, I am committed to reading every message. And I am trying my very, very best to respond to as many as I possibly can. And it just makes me, it, I grieve that I can't do that. And I'm not, I'm just not finding the time to respond to every single one. During this a, a kind of downtime, I'll do more of it. Note here uh, from ToddHerbertShow.com uh, from Doc S. Hey, Todd, a question we ask ourselves sometimes as Christians is, where is it your church and what is your testimony? The answer is our church is where we're standing now, our jobs, our hobbies, and our homes. Our testimony is how we live our lives. Mr. Herman, your church is where you are now. Your radio show and now your podcast. The places you drink coffee, and the places you eat steak and eggs and thank the cook, these are your church. These are the places you worship the Lord. Your testimony is how you live your life. Leaving paid radio is your testimony. You testify that you trusted the Lord. Courage, trust in the Lord. Walking on water as Peter did. I heard you today musing about not having done, walked down the path of being a soldier. Wondering if you could have done that? Sure you could have. You've already demonstrated the skills that any soldier needs. Discipline, a willingness to take orders, endurance, 
courage not to run when things go bad. What you did this last 30 days was as courageous as anything I've seen on any battlefield. I spent 35 years in the military. Special Forces Green Bray was part of that time. I served at Iraq, ORF 2, Operation Iraqi Freedom 2. My road was not your road. Each of us, if we accept it, are tools of the Lord. Each of us is precious to the Lord God as we're his children. I and my fellow comrades at arms are grateful that you appreciate us and look up to us uh, for our sacrifices. As Serpico said, I'm not a hero. I was just doing my job. We did ours. You're doing yours. Know this. We appreciate you and the sacrifices you've made and are still making. So do not regret. I know that I've had a full life, as if you had too. And there are things on my list I wish I could have done. May still do, but I was not, it was not for the Lord. It, I mean, but it was not the Lord's will for me to do those things. Not yet. Please keep listening to the Holy Spirit. Your inspired word helps us every day to make sense of a world gone bad, driven there by the evil one, i.e., just as all the cops are criminals and all the sinners saints. We see the results of his work. I see what you did there, little Mick Jagger. Thank you for that. For every Christian, for every Christian, our church must be where we're at right now at this moment, worshiping and praying without ceasing. For every Christian, our testimony is how we run our lives. Are we a light shining on the hill? The challenges ahead are enormous. These are the times the Lord has made. He has placed us here at this time. Our job now is to serve him. Your churches, your radio and podcast continue to try to speak his words. Your testimony is how you live your life as a bond servant to the Lord. We thank you for example. God bless you and your family. Christmas, uh, Christmas reminds us the light has won. Jesus was born. Satan is defeated. The serpent's head, serpent's head was crushed by the woman's heel. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Doc S. Doc, I, I did get a chance to write back to you and, uh, and thank you for this personally. I do appreciate it. And I would just say this about folks who served um, in, in the military. I, I'm never going to, I'm never going to apologize for being teary eyed when I talk about you guys. I'm just not. Uh, I just, I, I, I don't know that I'll ever be okay that I didn't do that. I just need to be honest with you. I, I, and I don't, I've, I've, I don't know a lot of men who express it that way. And in fact, if you do have a re- regret that you didn't serve in the military, will you let me know? Because I maybe I'm alone in this. Maybe I'm the only one who feels that way, but I doubt it. But in terms of being the church we're at, I just had an experience just this morning. I got a call from the hospital. And a woman was just, she's uh, one of the nurses there, just calling to follow up, see how you're doing today, Todd. So I said, hey, I just want to make sure that what I'm experiencing is normal. And, and then she said, yeah, everything you're experiencing is very normal. It's super uncomfortable. I feel very sorry for you guys. It's really, really miserable post-surgery. I just feel so sorry for people, but it's going to get better. At the wrap of our, of our call, I said to her, well, thank you, Julie, and God be with you. And she said, oh, well, Merry Christmas and God be with you and thank you. Now, in North Idaho, most people go to church. But in North Idaho, not everybody says, God be with you. And this is something I would like us to return to. As Doc says, our church is where we're at now, today. If you say to the people you're kind to, every time you see them, God be with you, God go with you, God bless you. Eventually, it seeks in that if we keep saying that, we, the Christians, the true Christians, the true followers of Jesus, Jesus needers, if we say these things and we're kind and we live the way Doc has described, that's going to make the biggest possible dent in the blindness the party is incurring and parsing down upon people. Because you'll have people say like my friend did Debbie in Seattle. What she said to me, you're a Christian? I said, yes, Deb, I am. She goes, but you're so nice. From uh, Montgomery, Todd been a fan of yours since you started, missed your show when you went away for a while to another station, was happy to see you return to 770 KTTH. Now I love the podcast. I totally understand your position feeling called to pivot towards God in a gospel-based platform. I've been there. I have one recommendation. Steer away from the NIV and towards the KG, uh, KGV. Pardon me, KJV. Ultimately, if you dev into um, becoming a full pastor, you'll eventually be immersed in the word, uh, word for word Greek and Hebrew translational studies, and we'll soon see why the KJV is superior. Ultimately, you'll move even beyond that to the original language text as you become more versed in original Bible language. God bless you in all that you do. Montgomery, appreciate the note. Um, folks, I have all sorts of studying I'm doing. Like I have sitting in front of me right here. That's the Oxford Annotated Bible. And here's where I'm at right now. I believe that my role in this is to get started immediately. I'm going to learn on the back end. I have a great pastor who's discipling me and helping me learn the word of God. I've got a nighttime study. I've got a morning study. I read the Bible for pleasure. And then I read the Bible for study. I love it. 
I'm learning to love the word of God. And I have to admit, sometimes it's work to sit down and read it. Other times, though, it fills the soul. So the path forward for all of us that I would suggest is to recognize this. The moment you walk out your door every day, you have an opportunity to help shine the face of God upon others. In this time of fear, I want them to see some things from us. No fear. I want them to see in us a sense of security. Those of us who engage in kingdom thinking, kingdom thinking being the long play, that we're with God forever, that we're visitors here, that this is not our home. I think those are some of the most persuasive things we could do in this time of fear for others is to have them observe that we don't have any. We have frustration like everyone else, but we rest solid on some sound knowledge. God has this is a cliched way to see it or say it. The less cliched way is, hey, God planned for all of this. He told us, hey, look out for these things. We're in them. So as our friends say, you seem so relaxed. We could say, yeah, you know, I've, I've seen this coming forever because of my faith and because of my reading. But also our opportunity is now that you have people like Chris Saliza being awakened. There's all sorts of snarky notes. I could have said, Chris, all sorts of, hey, welcome to reality, bud. Now, I don't think he ever read my tweet, but I hope that the message gets across to him this. How did you not know? How are you so blind? I always go back to one of my favorite scenes in The Chosen. Great TV show about the life of Christ and the apostles. Jesus goes into a synagogue. Then there's a guy with a wilted and weathered hand that he can't move it. And he's in pain. And Jesus enters and begins talking to him. And the rabbis, I guess, are understandably upset. Who's this man interrupting our service? But then when Jesus heals the man's hand, you would think the rabbis would say, this is God, or this is a person sent by God. Instead, they're outraged. And one of the rabbis says to him, if God had wanted him healed, he would have done it on his own. And the actor who plays the Lord Jesus turns to the rabbi and says, interesting point. Interesting point. If God wanted people to see he would have created people who see. Interesting point. Do you see? And thank you again for all the prayers. I'm sorry about the abbreviated show. Incidentally, I don't feel like this is my best work. I want to apologize for that. <laughs> Good thing we're not doing subscriptions right now. I have to give your money back. That is coming, by the way. I just want to make sure it's added value. All right, I'm going to go try to breathe. So this is the Todd Herbert Show. Be well, be strong, be kind, and please be right with God.